morning. Welcome to the Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I'm Allie Kaplan with my mom, Harmony. Thanks for joining us today. And Hope is back. I know. it's so. Ha- we're so Hi. happy to have Hope back. I'm back. Welcome back. Thank you. We're glad did you miss to have us? You. I did. Okay, I'm good. happy to be, a- be back and everything. So uh, the main <laughs> thing is, how was your high school reunion? <sighs> It well, we didn't. It was supposed to be my tenure. Um, plans kind of fell through, but I still had a good time. It was the Kitson County Fair, so I got to do a lot of the small town nostalgia things with my friends and family. Oh, that's fun! Yeah, that's very nice. And now and you're back in the big city. Yes, <laughs> and of course, always with a um, high school reunion. The real question is like, what did you wear? That's the question that we always yeah. Get, and right? did you wear oh, well, you, you don't have to impress anyone up there. Oh, well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Reason enough. <laughs> Nothing fancy, which is fine. <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, well, speaking of celebrating uh, milestones and anniversaries, Target announced this week that they are about to do that. Target is going to do a 20th anniversary designer collection celebrating some of their big collaborations through the years. It's been 20 years I know, isn't that since amazing? the Michael Graves teapot and all of those, yeah, all those yeah. household items launched. Um, what do you think about this? I think it's great. I think it's exciting. Um, they've done, Target's done more than 175 collaborations. Um, some are more than a year long, but uh, I mean, I think that it is something to celebrate. They are really known for this. Others have tried, but they are the ones who are known for kind of putting that high-low together. Um, the collection is going to be on the website and in the stores on September 14th. And the they're 300 items at $7 to $160, but they say most of the items are under 50 and but what I didn't understand, and maybe you know, obviously they're bringing back like Lily Pulitzer and you know some of the other big ones too. But will some they... of the ones that really angered people because they sold out so quickly yeah, and like crashed Lily the website. Pulitzer. Maybe yeah. this time you'll actually get that Lily Pulitzer dress. Maybe, but that's my question: Are they going to be the exact same? The, whatever they choose from the collections, will they be the exact same products they had, or will these be? new iterations so they very intentionally did not say Uh, what the products are going to be okay they're teasing it out that's what they're doing so they said that there will be um you know 300 some products but they're going over the next couple of weeks i think we'll see them sort of tease it out leading up to september so we don't know are they is it literally going to be the same items are they going to reissue the michael graves teapot and some of the missoni pieces and things like that or is it just going to be you know i'm gonna guess it is because first of all you're gonna guess it is what that that they'll reissue actual pieces because first of all just it would be more efficient right i mean to, to start designing all new pieces pieces you know maybe there are some updates or there are some new items that you know like people didn't need um i don't know maybe they're like computer things that you know that people didn't need back then and you could put those designs on different items but i would guess that it'll be a lot of actual items and then maybe some updates and and twists as well um i i was really interested so first of all I think, you know, it, it kind of all blurs together, the fact that it's been 20 years, hard right, to believe. Sure. But, you know, it started with Michael Graves, who was an architect. 
Yes. Not necessarily a household name, but it was Target saying, we understand design at an elevated level, more so than our competitors. And instead of knocking off really good high-end design, we're going to actually bring it to you. We're going to collaborate. And I think the idea was that you don't have to be in the upper echelons to appreciate good design. Right. But then in the early days, you know, the the early days were really more fashion forward. You know, they were partnering with brands like Proenza Scholler and and Rodart and exactly Aaron Featherston. I mean, they were bringing in up and coming really high end designers. It wasn't about, you know, uh, it wasn't about a big name. It wasn't about Hunter boots that were less expensive. It was about introducing you to runway designers that you have never heard of. Zach Posen did a collection, Jason Wu. You know what I mean? It was a lot of really edgy designers. And then they sort of moved into, the the bigger names the bigger you know that you'd recognize the bigger bang yeah. bringing in a missoni was huge and that was i think that to me was the turning point that was the one where Everything, Everything crashed. crashed. Yes. You know, people lined up. It was a frenzy. It, you know, things sold out. People were upset. But at the end of the day, it generated so much buzz and attention for Target that it, that it was a good thing. And that's really the whole point of these collections. It's always been about the, the buzz and the, you know, and kind of the reputation that it gives them more so than how much they actually sell. Right. I thought it was interesting, though, that they're, they're going back and they're doing a lot of those early collections, yeah. a lot of those, um, you know, from the early years. But the one that surprised me, I'm not surprised, obviously, that they're including um, Missoni and Lily Pulitzer because those were two of the, you know, top most popular ones right. and things that people might really be like, I never got that one piece. I still chance. want it. Um but Hunter, which was only a, you know, a was, year ago, that was kind of a disaster. That's on the list, and that was a disaster in a different way. It wasn't that it sold out, no. which is kind of a good problem to have. It was that they pulled those. I mean, the thing right. everybody wanted from Hunter, obviously, was the wellies. Yep, that's the thing, right? Those wellies are expensive. They're iconic, and the idea of being able to get those rain boots, the Hunter rain boots, at a Target price was very appealing, but nobody did. Because after they released the pictures of them and the ads and everything, Target decided that they weren't up to their standards and they delayed them and then they never ended up releasing them. And yeah. so I am so curious if they will, if they figured they it out. I bet I, they will. I, you don't think so? I don't. Because I, I mean, bet I think, they will because I think, you know, it's they're going to make good. Maybe. Maybe. If I mean, that would be a target. Yeah, that would be a good that would be a good story yeah. and a great move for them and Absolutely. great goodwill, um, yeah. because I think there was a lot of bitterness about that one. Oh, and I think it also it was bitterness in a different way. It's one thing if, if something sells out and you're kind of frustrated. It's another thing when you're like, well, maybe they can't deliver on that, yeah. you know, all the value for less. Maybe you really can't make those boots for half the price. At some point, there's got to be, you know, how are you doing it? Where are you doing it? And it brought up issues of, you know, kind of materials and, and quality of, of work, which is yeah. a whole different thing. Well, you know, the thing that I remember way back with, with the Michael Graves collection, I was um, interested in, in reading that 
their initial collection of his things were 150 kitchenware items, but they eventually expanded to 500 items because mm-hmm. it was so popular, and it was one of their longest-running oh, partnerships. I, I was going to say, that ran yeah. until, what, 2013? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. was just a couple years before he passed away. Right, right. So, um, it's also, I mean, it, th- I think the, the main thing that this does is it allows Target to remind people, you know, we're the ones who did this. Yep. We're the ones who democratized fashion who brought designers to the masses you know at a discount retailer h&m does it now walmart does it now everybody does it everybody partners with designers even like gap and banana republic do it but target really did do it first and especially now as they are more focused on building these in-house collections like cat and jack which are really successful yeah they've done really well but that's a whole different thing they kind of moved away because the buzz it's you know you can't sustain that and so this allows them to take something that had kind of gotten tired and and give it new life once again and and relive some favorite moments they're going to be re, they're going to be issuing a book um they partnered oh, with Rizzoli yes. and right. they're doing a book which i think for anybody who appreciates design and retail could be a really good gift going into holiday that will launch in september as well um but it's a design book, a book that will they, go through a, target design through the book years and documentary so i don't yeah. Oh, well, the documentary is a different thing. The documentary is they're yeah, doing they're, they're doing, doing a movie that will be yeah, doing not both. sure where that will be available, but no. that's going to come out in early September. And they're releasing this book, which obviously will um, will sell at the stores as well. So, um, yeah, very I fun. Think it's exciting. I hope they have enough of each product to make it a good celebration and not an angry celebration. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. So, we'll see. Um, yes. Let's just hope it doesn't go the way of the Neiman Marcus collaboration. Ooh, the that, most famous yeah. uh, bomb of that, all times. That was. Gosh, I just remember all the buzz leading up to that. I do too. Target partnering with Neiman Marcus or, you know, for holiday. And then I just remember walking. That was when we had a Neiman Marcus store yeah. in downtown Minneapolis and walking in and just seeing all all that stuff sitting there. Well, it wasn't even interesting stuff. I think it sold better at Target than it did. I think the Neiman Marcus shopper was like, why would I come to all Neiman I Marcus re- to buy Target stuff? All I can remember are like was- the little um, address books or, you know, little tchotchke things like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was something better. I, oh, boy. I doubt it, though. Well, well, um, other other news to get to this week. We'll tell you what's going on at City Center downtown. We'll tell you about all of the festivals and places to go shopping around town um, and about a cool new product that is um, taking on the um, issue with pl- Welcome back. You're listening to Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I'm Allie Kaplan with my mom, Harmony. Well, Mom, yes. um, it looks like there's some action um, on Nicollet Mall. Much, much needed. A yeah. um, little City bit Center, anyway. Huh? I don't know that a $3 million renovation at City Center is going to uh, be the, the difference. Obviously, the millions of dollars that were poured into the actual Nicollet Mall Eh, haven't exactly brought retail back yet. No. But we're optimistic. We remain optimistic. We are always optimistic. Um, I, I will say, you know, I I know you were a little bit jealous because you're such a big baseball fan, but um, uh, last two weeks ago, the Twins did a wiffle ball tournament yes, on right on Nicollet, like over lunch hour. It was so fun. Yeah. And it's so, you know, it's such a perfect 
space sure. for that. And, and, you know, they were serving a lot. It was such a, first of all, it was such a good marketing move by the twins. Absolutely. And there are other companies that can do things like that. But of course, they don't have like Sano and. Polanco, Nelson Cruz. There you go. Yes, all those guys were out there. Yeah. But they were literally, you know, hitting wiffle balls at one yeah. of the skyways, and the mayors were both there, and it yeah, was it really was, fun. But it it's like fun. you see all the people that line up, and you're just like, oh, where are all of you people? They're you know, like, what? If only there was more going That's on. Right. People you have to bring rave activity and so the thing that i don't understand and i mean i you know i they're saying the people from ryan Mm -hmm. that are doing this facelift um they said that they plan to announce three new city center retail tenants yeah within several weeks and you know with what's going on with the dayton project and all this but first of all who could those tenants be we know neiman marcus isn't going to come back no we know Real Saks Fifth Avenue isn't going to come back. No. So who's going to come? I don't know. I, I mean, don't can you know. think of any like CVS maybe to compete with Walgreens? <laughs> right, because Walgreens is there. Yes. Right. Well, I mean, it's it seems... one on each corner. Well, I mean, this is the what? What do you think? What do you what? What should go into City Center, you guys? Let's help out the city. Six five one six four one one zero seven one is our number. Because um, what you have to realize is there right now. Is Marshalls? Yep. Saks Off-Fifth. Yep. Brooks Brothers, Allen Edmonds, Pacifier, Cardigan Donuts. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's now, what's there. I'm not rushing down for a cardigan donut. I'm sure they're really good. No, I mean it's but, just stuff that's know. there if you work there. You know, I mean, and and this the debate that is going on, like kind of the fundamental debate about downtown retail is: do you build it for? For tourists and for people in the suburbs to try to draw them downtown, do you build it for people who work downtown, who are there for a very specific and finite amount of time, and then they're out at 5 o'clock? Or do you build it for the growing number of residents, people who live downtown? They can't work together? 10, 20 years ago, you know, had no place to go grocery shopping. Well, now they do. They have groceries. They have, you know, Walgreens. They have services. But, like, where's the? those aren't the kinds of things that are going to bring someone from Woodbury into the city. No. I mean, you you have to have the activity. I mean, just like you were saying, you know, with the the Twins event. There's got to be excitement Right. But you've got to have some good stores, too. I mean, well, are there, are I mean, there... we've been saying the same thing for years, and it only gets trickier and trickier as there are fewer of, you know, those kind of big scale experiential retailers that are opening stores. And then when they are, and if they're even considering this market at all, first of all, they know what's happened in downtown. Minneapolis. They, I mean, it's, it's reputation precedes it. Yes. But in this market, what happens is they look at, they look at, you know, our demographics. They look at our numbers and they think, okay, this is a market that can only support one of these, you know, one of these stores. Is it going to be, are you going to go to Mall of America? Yeah. Are you going to go to Southdale area, Galleria? or perimeter of Southdale parking lot, or are you going to go downtown? And downtown has lost many of those debates over the last, you know, couple of decades. 
Um, they just need, I think they just need one or two. And I mean, that's why we're all rooting for Dayton's project to be that right. and to, to, to just get, wish it would hurry up. I know. So yeah, I don't know what, because I, I don't see city center having like that. I mean, you know, city center had that disaster with, um, sport Mart where they oh, opened right. and closed and they've, you know, they've got big spaces yeah. that, that could I, handle you know, like there a, was that pop-up last, um, holiday season. That was in there because they had so much room. Yes. To, and I guess I hadn't been in there in a long time. That was the first time. I, and it, it was sort of like, oh, right. what has happened A here? lot of space. A lot of space. Yeah. yeah. City Not Center a is a weird people. building, too, in that like it's great cross traffic for, um, for skyways. You know, lots of people walk through that yeah. in both directions. It's kind of a good intersection. But a lot of the retail spaces on the first floor are kind of hidden. You don't see them when you're on the skyway level and so i think it's tricky it was tricky even when like the locals have popped up there for the super bowl and for the holidays how do you drive the traffic down people are so in their own zone and if you're if you're going across the skyway to get your salad or your burrito that is what you're you're doing not going somewhere else, and you're not really paying attention so um, i mean you know it's nice to see that they're doing something yeah and you know at least it's a start yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I got to say, I, w- I would share with you guys if I knew. I have heard zero buzz about yeah. like specific retailers that are looking to, you know, to get here, or get into this market or. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really only been Galleria recently that's had the the gets and as far as like new stores that are, you know, new to town. We've told you about those about yeah. Nick and Zoe and um, Johnny was right, right, and- right. Yeah. A few others. Uh huh. Yeah. Nothing major. <laughs> well, so we'll see. Don't know. Yeah. Will be interesting to follow. Um, and then, um, well, I don't know. Should we wait on this or should we, should we talk? You want to talk? You had some, you had some thoughts. You had some feelings. I had some feelings. We talked last week about this trend of, you know, bringing food in to stores. People well, always need to eat. Food no, retailers expanding yes. and becoming restaurateurs. Now, obviously, this has happened. Department stores yeah. for many, many decades they have had, have had yeah. restaurants, and the idea of eating and shopping going together, you know, has long been a successful combination. But now we're seeing more specialty retailers adding cafes or drink bars. And two of the latest that said they're doing this are Lululemon and Crate and Barrel. And we talked about Lululemon opening the store in, it's in Lincoln Park, I believe, in Chicago. Yeah, they're testing and, it out. And right. if it works, they can, will expand it to right. other places. And you can try on clothes, you can wear them, and then, you know, that they yeah. sell. Uh, they have classes there, the whole thing. Um, and there was an article that you sent me in Forbes that this, I guess he's an expert, said he that it's a perfect fit to have the restaurant there. Because you know, as long as it's healthy food, it's healthy food, and, it's, and yeah. it works with the whole experience. Of, right, it's the know, kind of everything. things you'd want. It's like light meals and smoothies and things that you would want after a workout. And it goes with with everything else that they're doing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he did not think that Crate and Barrels would be a success. Crate and Barrel announced that they're adding like a, a cafe. So yeah, you sit down um, and eat at the table, and then you buy the table. Except that that was the part where I took. Umbridge, because he was talking. Thank you. Yes, he was talking about the fact that you, you know, you're not eating lunch and then thinking, okay, I'm going to go buy a sofa. However, I think he forgets that Crate and Barrel sells everything for the kitchen. 
Right. They sell the recipe books and they sell the pots and the pans and yeah, the dishes. It feels and very authentic to them, I, too. And hello, um, I Ikea? People go to Ikea to have they lunch. They go there just to eat meatballs. And then they're so lost, they have to buy a bed because they just need a nap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think that he's right. I mean, obviously it's going to depend on the food. I mean, That's exactly times... what Restoration Hardware is doing, too. Everybody's right. doing this. How many times have I gone to Nordstrom at Ridgedale just because I love the salad at the restaurant? <laughs> it's a good restaurant. Yes. I, and what about those popovers at Macy's? Mm-hmm. Even if you're not going to buy anything. I know a lot of people who go there and yeah. eat. Yeah. So I I don't think he's right. Yes, it ties in more with the experience at Lululemon, but I don't. Maybe it's think just it's the idea that Lululemon's that. putting a different twist on it, and everybody's. This isn't a new idea to do food at a retail store, no. and so you've got to have a really unique point of view to make it work. Maybe that's his point. Well. I think he's wrong. Okay. okay. Well, that's fine. That's, Forbes that's... should call me and I could refute. Well, you know, a lot of Forbes experts are just people who, you know, say it's a lot of lot of opinions. Yep. A lot of opinions. That's don't what it's all, all about. Have them. All right. Well, how's this for an opinion? Stop using plastic in your shower. Group Ooh. of local entrepreneurs started a new line of shampoo that doesn't come in a container. We will ex- Welcome back. You're listening to Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I'm Allie Kaplan. My mom, Harmony, is here too. Well, mom. Yes. There are just certain mm-hmm. fundamental truths. You there need are. to wash your hair, you know, maybe at least a couple times a week, maybe once is enough, depending <laughs> on your texture. Um, and generally, your shampoo comes to you in some sort of bottle. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to just have it in your hand. Well, it is, but there is a new group uh-huh. of local. There's a group of local entrepreneurs who have figured this out. They are on a mission to uh, help the earth and do That's away great. with some of the plastic we're using. And they've got a new kind of shampoo and conditioner. It's called High Bar. And joining us is one of the co-founders, Dion Hughes. Hi. Hi, Ali. Hi, Harmony. Thanks Hi. for having us on. Hi, how are you? How are you, very, Dion? Very so, well. tell us how this came about. Did this start with? I mean, was it like the the environmental aspect? Did you, did you just want to start a business? Like, what was it? No, no. It was uh, it was really kind of a lot of meeting of the minds. Um, my part of the story started when I was on vacation with my family at a place down in uh, south of Tulum on the biosphere in uh, Mexico. And we were staying on a beach that was the beautiful coral sand, white, nice and clean. Um, but where the property line finished on either side was plastic as far as the eye could see, Ugh. literally. Ugh. And and it was it was just sort of like, wow, is this really what the world is like? Um, you know, that the beach is clean because somebody gets up at 4.30 in the morning to rake it for the tourists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got home, I, I happened to be standing in my shower and kind of thinking about horrible that particular observation was. And, and I, I, I just noticed that between my wife and I, we maybe had maybe 15 or 16 different bottles of gunk from one period of life or another. And mm-hmm. I felt like a hypocrite. And I went, well, maybe, you know, surely somebody makes a shampoo that doesn't come in plastic. And um, I you looked around. Wrong, huh? I really, I, I really couldn't find anything yeah. that uh, that I liked. Uh, there weren't any brands that I liked. Um, so I started to think about how how we could make that differently. And and I happened to um, share this with some friends who'd been thinking about the same thing about getting rid of plastic in the bathroom. And so we decided to start a company and start thinking, inventing, and. Um, 
lo and behold, here we are with a business. So I didn't set out to start a business. I didn't start out, set out to make a solid shampoo. I just set out to find a shampoo that didn't have plastic so, in it. Okay, Dion, first of all, you're not from here. No, I love his accent. <laughs> you don't have a Minnesota <laughs> accent. Where are you from? I'm from Australia. I grew up next to the beach. Beautiful beach. Oh, you have a wonderful accent. And do you know um, Nicole Kidman? (laughs) Oh, personally, absolutely. Yes. Every Australian is friends with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, Uh that's great. But wait, but Dan, what what kind of work were you in? That's what I was going to ask. Okay. Oh, thanks for asking. (laughs) I have a brand consulting company called Persuasion Arts and Sciences. Um, so we help uh, companies figure out their brands and tell their stories. Okay. All right. So it made sense that you start thinking about a story that you want to tell. So you and your friends are, are upset about all of the plastic and waste and you want to do good for the world. How do you get from there to a solid shampoo? Well, we looked at, gee, is there a way that we can put existing liquid shampoos and conditioners into aluminum packaging, glass packaging, and so forth? And for one reason or another, um, you know, those didn't seem viable options. Um, so we, we'd found some solid shampoos that exist in the world and tried them. We didn't particularly like them for ourselves. I mean, they were fine for other folks, but um, a lot of the shampoos that you see on um, the solid shampoos that are marked Marketed as solid shampoos are actually soap, um, mm. so soap is not that great for your hair. Um, so we thought we, we just started to kind of work towards making a better solid shampoo and a solid conditioner, and really focused on making not just a passable one, but something that is truly salon quality. Because we believe that uh, for consumers, they're not going to make a compromise in how the, the the product feels in their hair, the experience of using it. Most importantly, how they step out into the world. Do they have a, do they have great hair, or does their hair, you know, is it compromised in some way? So we're not going to get people to shift from a plastic product to a non-plastic product if we don't um, offer a product that that is truly up there in terms of performance. Right. We all want to save the earth, but we need good hair too. Absolutely. <laughs> save, save the world and look good doing it. Exactly. Great motto. Um, so, so Dion, so the 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 high bar product. I mean, you you get it's it's this solid shampoo they're they're cool looking shapes they almost look like a bottle yeah how, how they do how do you how can you for no for some people who haven't seen it and we'll put a link up on on the shop girls page but how do you describe the shape that you landed on the shape was one of the most important pieces to us we wanted to communicate to people that it was not a bar of soap that it was truly something different um as soon as we realized we didn't want to have any packaging in the shower we also felt that we wanted to carry some sort of um, recognizable brand into the shower. So that became, okay, we need to make an interesting shape. Um, so there were some brand aspects to it. We think that it's important that a brand, you know, you get a little bit of a reflection from a brand whenever you use a brand. Um, and then just functionally, we wanted something that sits nice and high and, and sheds moisture in the shower, that it feels beautiful in your hand. You know, people like to wash their hair. It's a nice sensual experience. And, and now we're asking them to rub a solid product on their head. We need to make that feel nice. Um, and then just practically the little beveled edge on the top um, is is for rubbing onto your hair. Um, so that's how we got to that shape. Explain that part of it. When you say you, you know, obviously with most shampoos, you put it in your hand and then, you know, rub it in and all. So you literally rub this like all over your head or what do you do? 
to use yes, it? Yes, uh, that, that's the way it's designed. I mean, you don't have to. The shampoo lathers up super quickly. Oh. Um, so if you if you want to, you can, you know, rub it in your hands and then apply the lather to your hair. But um, the way most of us folks have been using it for a few years and as various guys, we, we rub it directly onto our hair. Okay. And and it does not, I think a lot of people would think it might get all mushy like a bar of soap would when it's sitting in the shower, but it doesn't. Is that correct? It's well it I guess it, it performs the same way as a bar of soap. I mean if you if you keep a bar of soap in a puddle of water and, oh, sh- and let the shower fall on it, it's gonna get mushy. Right, right. Um same with our product. So, you know, we keep it up high and, and away from direct water and out of sitting water. Um and like I said, the the shape of the bar sheds the moisture as much as it can. So, Dion, I'm not a chemist. I know this surprises really? you, but um, but I, I have to think there's got to be something different that you have to put in this product to make shampoo be solid. I mean, are 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 most of the ingredients the same as the kind of shampoos that we're using that we've been using historically, or how how different is it? Um, it is. It, it's actually pretty much the same, except it doesn't have any liquid ingredients. So there are solid versions of the ingredients that you use that are that go into making a liquid shampoo. It's just that the market has never asked for it. You know, it's never. It's it's all about what we as consumers buy and prefer. And so we're trying to put a product out there that is exactly like the liquid shampoo that you're using right now. A really good liquid shampoo, except without the water. That that product that you have in the shower is. Um, 80% water. That's why it comes mm. in a plastic bottle. It's 80% water. So mm. we just take, we've made it without the water. It is Got interesting it. Yeah. that we haven't wanted, that consumers have it, not wanted this product. It so is kind of crazy when you think about so it. It makes so much more sense. Yeah. So, so Dion, what has the response been to, to High Bar? Uh, it's been fantastic. I mean, it's grown. It's just, it's really, really exciting. I think that we, you know, we, we saw the headlines just as much as anybody else, but we're very sensitive to how this plastic issue is emerging and becoming kind of a mass awareness issue. Um, and I know that there are a lot of people who are just eagerly looking for places in their life to reduce plastic. You, you see the success of the, of the no straw um, campaign, just a tiny little part of somebody's life, but it was very, very effective. So we've seen very, very fast uptake with uh, people buying off of our website, hellohighbar.com. Um, a lot of retailers are looking, you know, the retailers really where the, the, the channel where um, the most difference can be made. Um, right now, can retail- you only buy it online? No, no, no. Where if you go to our, if you go to our website, um, we've got a, a stockist um, page where you can find us. We're in tons and tons of natural food stores, co-ops, and so forth. Uh, we've got some exciting new um, uh, retail uh, news coming up. Um, so I think we I, I, I lost count, but we're 50 different places around yeah. the country, Salon, salons as well. Um, right. And zero, it, it looks like waste. in the Twin Cities, uh, you could go to Lake Winds, you could go to yep. Linden Hills Co-op, Mississippi yep. Market, so the yep. Wedge. Yeah, Eastside, yeah. Care Market is a great one. And also another important thing, is it okay to use on color? If you color Absolutely. your hair. That was, our, that was our number one was, okay, we need to make a product that 
that women who've that anybody who's got color or any sort of treatment they they this is going to be good for their hair and it works for not that. that we would know anything about no. dyeing our hair or anything like that no. <laughs> <laughs> what a great idea Dion. i hope I you'll keep price, us posted the price is re- we should mention because i think it's really reasonable too when i think of all the shampoos that i buy the um the main the maintain shampoo is 13.95 is that correct yep. So yep, they're all around that price. That's right. Yeah, yeah. thirteen ninety five on the website. Um, you'll probably find them a little less um, if you walk into a store that stocks us. That's um, great. Because you know, we, again, we have to, we have to, um, we have to kind of match a price or meet sure. a price that is acceptable for, for people. Well, I, I think it's a very cool idea. It's hard to believe no one has done this before. And I love the idea of looking good and doing good for the earth at the same time. The product is high bar. Dion, wish you the best of time for a look at the trends. That's why you're tuned in to Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I'm Allie Kaplan with my mom, Harmony. This is the time in the show where we look at the fashions, we spin them around, and then we say... Who's looking at anyway? She's wearing that outfit. <laughs> it's time for the shop girls to ask. Can I ask you something? Whose look is it anyway? Well, mom, you know we have long mocked the idea of one size fits all because it doesn't. Because we are a poncho, yes. Well, we are a people of many sizes, many needs, many preferences. One size generally does not mean all; it means a skinny few. Yeah. But Serena Williams, when she's not playing tennis, she's got to keep busy, right? She believes that she has designed the dress for everybody and every body. And do you agree with her? I. I I I don't know. I don't know what to think. I I I will acknowledge that it appears to be a style that is flattering yes. on numerous body types. Um, People.com showed Serena and many different women of all shapes and sizes wearing this dress. It's a very pretty dress. It's a red dress. She has done a lot of things in red. I mean, this is not her first um foray into designing. And she, first of all, she said that when she debuted this new dress on Instagram, she did it with these other six women. It's called a, her twist front dress. And she says, we're having a red hot summer over at Serena.com. Um, maybe, maybe it's not. It's at Serena on Twitter. Um, I designed the twist front dress for everybody and everybody. Um, I don't agree. She says no one in the world looks exactly the same in any dress. And one woman said, I'm curvy, but feel confident in my curves. And another said, I feel spicy like a jalapeno. <laughs> so that's good. I want to feel like a jalapeno. Yes, okay. that sounds like a lot of fun. We can probably find you a Halloween costume right. like that. Um, I guess the thing that I would say is if I were to wear this if I put Spanx on, maybe it would work. Mm-hmm. This does not look like a dress that you would wear without Spanx, no matter what size you are. Yeah. It's a clingy material. True, true. And if um, you have any kind of 
muffin top at all, mm-hmm. you would definitely need to take that into consideration unless you don't care. I mean, you know, everybody has different feelings about how they look and what right. they want to do. I don't think it looks like a dress that could fit everybody and look might look a little lumpy on most of it, us. It yes. might. Uh-huh. It might. But um, she thinks this will work, and probably a lot of people will listen to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done a 12-piece capsule collection, and uh, this is just one of them. But okay. um, Well, good for I'm Serena. I'm not going to buy it, is what I'm going to tell You're you. You're not going to buy it. Gonna buy it. Nope. Just Hope, saying. do you want to wear the, the red twist front dress? It's not a bad dress, but yeah, I, I agree Hope with both could. of you. Hope could because Hope is skinny and <laughs> would probably you. look good in anything. Well, but. thank you. I mean, it's not a bad dress no, at all. No, I think it's a cute dress. But it also covers the majority of your body, too. And if you have mm-hmm. Spanx underneath, yeah. I mean, I think it can be flattering. I cannot I, I will... live my life in Spanx. No. There's just no way. Amen need, to that. I need to breathe. You should. <laughs> so forget it. Um, but I, I mean, I. this is probably about as close as you could get to a style that would work yeah. for right. curvy women, yes. short women, tall women. Yeah. I will, I will give Serena that. I'll give her that, too. Okay. But I'm not giving her my money. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't need your money. No, no. she really doesn't. <laughs> All right. She'd like me to give her tennis lessons. How do we feel about the bralette? It's that, coming back. I, I love the bralette. You oh, do. Yes, sure she I do. Does. I do. <laughs> and I bet you wear it without anything over it. I haven't done that, but I am thinking about it, but actually. It's new wow. yeah. that, well, that's the new way that I've the never done it that way, though. It's coming back, mm-hmm. is, you know, to wear it and then wear a jacket. Open, yeah. you know. Wow. Well, well if you're, <laughs> kudos to you, Hope. That's all I have to say. I will not be joining Hope. No, if you're Hope or if you're Bella Hadid yes. or Gigi Hadid, you can do that mm-hmm. and just let it the, all be. The seen. New York Times, which has to put their brand of cultural significance on every statement so that they don't look, you know, vapid in their coverage yes. of such trends, said in an indignant time, a more <laughs> relaxed style gains market share. The bralette is back. This time blouses are optional. Yeah. And and they continue on and say that maybe the most important thing in 2019 is letting the breasts be given, be letting the breasts be gives the bralette those social media bona fides, body positivity, inclusivity, authenticity. And they say it's one more reason that Victoria's Secret push up bras are going bye bye Mm -hmm. because it's not the natural look. And they say that it was the Me Too. Uh, movement that has yeah. really capitulated the uh, bralette into the big movement it is today. Hmm. But they did, I, the one thing I, as I'm reading this article that I kept wondering about, and eventually I did get to it, is what about the fact that in many of the bralettes, there is a nipple problem? <laughs> there is. There is a nipple reveal It's only problem. a problem if that, you yeah, see it that way. Exactly. Well, right. But I think that <laughs> some women... And especially maybe as you get a little older. Yeah. Not Angelina Jolie, but she's not very old anyway. (laughs) But anyway, so what they have said, though, is that especially, you know, the stretch jersey ones, um, young women are very critical and they want to prevent the nipples from showing. 
So to address this, Hanky Panky, which I know is a line that you really like, they have removable nipple covers for some of the styles, and it's one of the growing number of companies that are now offering hmm. um, this either light padding well, or nipple cover. And if anyone wants to enhance theirs, they could just call Lori and Julia. That's right. Because they might still sure. have so, some of you their... Know, uh, everything is covered, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. We've got it. Okay. <laughs> now you know. Well, get your questions ready. We'll talk 